Here we are, the fourth and final episode in the Wake Up series. And I just want to take a second and to just thank you for being a faithful listener, for tuning in every other week and just showing up, showing up to really step into the deep, especially if you have been following along the Wake Up series. I know that you are somebody who is desiring that deep walk with God. And I'm just so grateful that you're choosing the Blackouts of Breakthroughs podcast to help you grow in your walk with God. And so I just want to say thank you so much. And if you haven't yet, I would so appreciate it if you went and scrolled down to the bottom of the Apple podcast and just leave a review. That's really the only way I'm able to know if you're enjoying the content, if there's something that you want more of. That's really the only way I'll be able to tell is by your reviews. So please, please, please take a quick pause and go ahead and do that for me just so I can know if you're enjoying it. I would love to hear your feedback. So if you haven't watched the last three episodes in this Wake Up series, I highly recommend you to do so. The first one we talked about, the deep versus the shallow. What does it look like to be in the shallow end of your walk with God and your faith and in the deep end? And then in episode two, we talked about God's love being that thing that leads to change, the ultimate act, because love is an action. Love is a choice, that ultimate act, choice and sacrifice that our Lord makes. And when we recognize the depth of that, the depth of his love, his love that never ends, and we truly meditate on that truth and then receive that truth because it's very different to hear truth and then actually receiving it and then allowing it to change you. And so that's really what episode two is all about is God's love being that gateway for permanent change. And I know if you're a listener to the show, I know you're somebody who is desiring change in your life in some type of way. And then the third episode was about producing fruit. And that really sums up our usefulness of our life here on earth. You know, our relationship with God isn't just about us. It's about the fruit that we're able to produce, not for us, once again, but for God's people for the church and the church meaning the people God's people the followers of Christ and bringing people to Jesus the lost this is what our purpose is in life this is what God calls us to each of us will have a specific calling and gifts that God has gifted us to allow us to do that in different ways and then also not to just do it alone but we're called to do it in unity to bring the lost to Christ within a community aka the church, the people, because we are all parts of the body of Christ that Jesus is going to come back for. So that's what episode three is about. And this episode is really going to be summing it all up because I know this walk is not a piece of cake. <laughs> We're going to have valleys. We're going to, you know, in the beginning, it's like you're so hyped up. You're so on fire. You're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And you have that fire in you. You're ready to like just shout it from the rooftops. And then life happens. And it's out of our control. So this is what this episode is going to be about. It's going to be about making a choice. Even among the times where we're tempted to fall back into our old self, into our old life, into the life that Jesus redeemed us from, what this episode will be about is all the little outlets that try to capture our attention and these distractions that are trying to take us off course, that are trying to bring us back down to where Jesus freed us from. This is an equipping, this is an everyday die to the flesh decision. This is a daily walk a daily surrender. 
So this is going to be an episode about being led by God's Spirit, by the Holy Spirit, by the Holy Ghost. So currently right now, you're probably either just coming to Christ and you are looking for knowledge and podcasts or shows to help you dive into God's Word more, to help you go deeper, to help you understand. So you're here and you're eager to just learn and to grow in your relationship with God. You also may be somebody listening who really wants to grow in your relationship with Christ, but you may feel like a barrier or you may feel like you have to do so much for God to love you or you have to do so much to like get to your purpose or to like be on the right path. And you may feel this some sort of distance between you and God in a way. And so you're really looking for answers. Or you may be somebody who has been walking with God for a while and you've lost that fire. You're trying to find it again. You're looking for something more. Like you know that God has more for you, but there's some barrier that's keeping you where you're at and feeling stagnant in your faith. And you really are wanting to learn how to be led by the spirit and not to fall back into your old lifestyle. You really want to feel free and to claim the freedom that Jesus came to die for. You want to achieve a greater version of yourself and you know that you're created for a purpose. No matter what area you, you fall into, I really believe you will get value from this episode as we talk about how to be led by the Spirit of God. Hello, beautiful people. It's your host, Danielle Mason, bringing you authentic conversation, transparency around real life experiences, and actionable tips to create your next breakthrough today. Think of this as your home away from home healing oasis where we overshare and overcome obstacles together. Pull up a seat, come as you are, and be ready to leave feeling challenged to reflect, encouraged to take action, and inspired to change. This is the Blackout to Breakthroughs podcast be going through and reading a lot of scripture together. So the first scripture we're going to go to is Romans 8, 12 through 17. So I'm going to read it and this is in the NASB version. You can read it in any other versions. I like to flip around in different versions just to hear the same sentence in different ways. So in 12 it starts, so then brethren, we are under obligation not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you are living according to the flesh, you must die. But if by the Spirit you are putting to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. I want to pause right here really quick. This is a reflection moment, right? So in 13, for if you are living according to the flesh, you must die. But if by the spirit you are putting to death the deeds of the body, you will live. What is that saying? Okay, let's define living in the flesh. And we're actually going to look in Galatians 5 to help define that for us. Because I can talk about what's living in the flesh. I'm sure we've all felt instances of living in the flesh, of living in sin, and we understand what that feels feels like. It's like an instant satisfaction or an instant gratification type thing. And then after you do it, you feel this conviction and you feel this shame and guilt, which all those are from the enemy. Conviction is from God. Shame and guilt is from the enemy. So if we look to understand what living in the flesh actually means, let's turn to Galatians 5, 17. For the flesh sets its desire against the spirit. So it's opposing the spirit. 
So that for me already says you cannot be living both lives. <laughs> you cannot be living in the spirit and then also gratifying your flesh, living for your fleshly desires. And continuing, and the spirit against the flesh, for these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things that you please. So this is not easy to do. That's why they say deciding to follow Jesus, it's literally picking up your cross daily. It's dying daily to the flesh, dying daily to your sin, to your fleshly desires. And we're about to read into what those fleshly desires are. 18, but if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. I'm going to pause here too, because there are some extremes when it comes to, I guess you can say religion. The first way is legalism. And I've fallen into this before. And this legalism is really like the Pharisees. And if you're unfamiliar with who the Pharisees are, they were the religious leaders that crucified Jesus because Jesus didn't fit their mold of who the Lord and Savior would be, of who the Messiah would be. And they put their trust in their salvation in by obeying the law, by tithing 10%, by observing the Sabbath, by obeying the Ten Commandments, Mosaic Law, by doing works. But their heart was so far from God, they couldn't even recognize God in the flesh. So they knew scripture by heart, but even though they knew scripture and all the prophecies that scripture points to of Jesus being the Messiah, they still rejected him. And so that's a heart issue, friends. You could know truth, but if your heart is hardened to what you're reading and in this prideful state, you'll reject Jesus. You'll reject God. So that's legalism. And in your walk with Christ, it's easy to fall into that because you're asking yourself, okay, what can I do to get closer to God? Okay, I got to read my Bible. I got to pray. And this is some, these are things that I talk to, like these habits that I talk about throughout my podcast, because I know it's what helps people sh- get stronger in their faith. But if you're only relying on what you do, like reading the Bible, sitting and having prayer for, okay, I pray for 10 minutes, I tithe every paycheck, and you get accustomed to just doing the thing and your heart's not in it, that's where you want to do a heart check and to bring that to God and saying, Lord, like going back to that surrender again. Then the second extreme is when you have no moral compass and you are just relying on on the grace of God, which means you're continuing to live this life of sin. And this is why reading Paul's letters to these different churches is really insightful because you can see that this has been a theme for years, that people who believe in Jesus can fall in these different extremes and focus really more on religion and not having that relationship piece, which is where both extremes really fall in. It's like, okay, well, if I just obey the laws, then I'm good. And that distances them from having an actual relationship with Jesus. And then on the flip side, just relying on Jesus's grace and love and not actually having this devoted life to God and what he asks us to do is prove to be my disciples by doing these things. Because it's a heart when you actually love God, your actions change. So I just wanted to share those two examples of extremes when it comes to quote unquote religion that we can fall into. 
going back to continuing in Galatians 5 verse 19. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident. So they're not hard to spot out is basically what it's saying. Which are immorality, which is a variety of sexual sins like prostitution, adultery, premarital sex, homosexuality, incest, those things fall under immorality. Impurity, which is also like a sexual immorality. And so this sense is, for example, pornography. Sensuality, which is indulging ourselves in sexual pleasure and like this wild living without any thought of having a moral compass or moral standards idolatry. We can set money as an idol, our possessions, our career, our ambitions, our fitness, our health. We can set people, these things of idolatry. And this is very much something that we can easily all fall into. But knowing that we're able to turn away if we're able to have that awareness and surrender all things to God. Sorcery, which is like getting high and um, like witchcraft and fortune tellers, that sort of thing. Enmities, which is negative feelings towards people and actions towards people, which includes racism or judging people for their specific beliefs and hating people just because of specific groups that they fall into. Strife, jealousy, whew, a big one, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, which dissensions relays to the division of the unity within a church, like teaching false doctrine to create division in a church. And we see this all over America, like all the different denominations, like all these divisions. And that's literally not why Jesus came and did what he did on the cross. He did not come for us to be divided in different like factions and denominations, but for all of us to come into one accord. The next one is factions. Like I was saying, just being divided into different groups or cliques. Envying, a big one too. Drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. So the list doesn't end there. He just listed some. And he says, of which I forewarn you, just as I have forewarned you, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So why is Paul saying this in this letter to the Galatian church? I believe Paul is really exposing like if you're living this way and if you are falling into these sins, you have not made a choice for Christ. True saving faith in Christ or this act of salvation because you don't just get saved and then you're saved until Jesus comes back or until you die. It's a daily walk. It's a daily sanctification process and it involves repentance. It involves turning away from your sin and living in this new life that Jesus came and died for. And it's a daily battle and that is why we must live by the spirit, not by flesh. And then Paul goes on to say, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the spirit, let us also walk by the spirit. Let us not become boastful, challenging one another, envying one another. Wow, that verse, if we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. So for me, I feel that of saying, if we are claiming that we have the Holy Spirit, that we are renewed, that we are born again, that we are followers of Christ, let us walk that out. Like if we are living by this this fact that we are saved by grace (laughs) and we claim Jesus as our Lord and Savior, our life should look 
different. Our life should bear that fruit of turning away from your sin, whatever that is, and walking in the spirit and by his spirit. Just take a second and reflect on your life before you gave your life to Christ. If you are somebody that has done that and look at this list of the fruit of the spirit and think to yourself, okay, have I grown in any of these areas? And many times you're not able to know unless that area of your life has been tested. And if you are married, you freaking know that you get tested. Okay, girlfriend, I feel you. Okay, fellow wifey, I feel you. Um, Even if you're in a relationship, probably the same thing. But uh, your patience gets tested. And if you're looking at you, you literally feel a battle, like in a moment where you have to practice. And it's a choice. It's a choice to choose to live in the spirit. <laughs> I I would love to say that, okay, when you're born again and you make a decision for Jesus, it's easy. Like, okay, I'm just going to be more loving and I'm going to be more joyful and I'm going to have more patience, but it's literally a choice. And the more you make those decisions and those choices in moments when you could choose to pick a fight or when you could let your tongue go and say what you really want to say versus holding it back and choosing love in that moment and gentleness and self-control, it's in those moments that I believe build your character and help it get a tad bit easier next time because you're actively practicing it. And the more that you practice something, I feel the more it becomes who you are. It becomes part of your character. And before you start feeling bad for, oh, but there's this one thing, like I am not able to hold my tongue. I I just do not have that patience or I struggle with jealousy. And to be real, that was one for me that I really struggled with. I really struggled with jealousy. And it was something that I had to pray about. Like I had to just give that to God. But the first step of it was me having self-awareness and being honest with myself, number one, and then being honest with God and literally like surrendering it to God. And to surrender, you have to trust God. You have to trust that he wants to take that burden from you. He wants to renew you. He wants to establish the identity that he came and died for to give to you. This old self that has been crucified with Christ in Romans 6, 6. It says, knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him in order that our body of sin might be done away with so that we would no longer be slaves to sin. For he who has died is free from sin. What is that saying? That is saying we are not 100% living in the spirit. We still have our flesh here, right? You can see it. We have our flesh you feel it. (laughs) You get hot. You get a little angry or a lot angry, but it's that decision of not acting out on anger. We have our body, aka our flesh. We have our soul and we have a spirit. And when you died, your old self died when you've been baptized by the Holy Spirit, that's saying that you're no longer a slave to your sin. You are now free. And so I just declare if you have been born again and you have been feeling weight on you from sin and you feel like you are a slave to a certain sin, I'm really inclined to say to you, that is not your identity. And God has already freed you from that. So I don't want you to be like the elephant. I don't know if you guys have heard that story of the elephant that had a rope tied on its foot for years in this pen so they couldn't leave the parameter. And so he got accustomed to knowing his boundaries. He got accustomed to knowing that he was bound to that pen. If he 
tried to run off, that he would fall back, that he wasn't able to pass certain parameters. And even so much so to where when the rope came off, that the elephant didn't even try to go outside of that parameters because of his past, because he had been tied to that pin for most of his life. And so I don't know if that's you, but maybe something in your past, you were subconsciously holding on to it. The enemy may be telling you, you actually aren't free in Christ because you still have this sin over here. You're still struggling with this. You aren't truly loved by God. You aren't truly free in the name of Jesus. And you may be that elephant with the rope off because you were born again. Jesus has already paid your debt and you are free from that sin. And you are no longer like, look at the word. It's not my word. It's the word of God saying that you are free, that that, that bondage and enslavement is not a part of you anymore. Your old self has died and you have become new. And yes, the sanctification process is a process. And the more that you meditate on scripture and you get yourself out of the world and into things of the spirit, which when I say things of the spirit, I mean the word of God. I mean people around you who are armored up with the spirit, who are good influences on you, who are people that are so in love with Jesus. Because if you think about the elephant again, if the elephant is just seeing people who he grew up with and they all had ropes and they were none of them were able to be set free, he probably will never try to walk outside of those parameters because he is not seeing what's possible because that has been his reality for so long. But if that elephant started to see those other elephants around him start to go beyond the boundary, to go beyond the parameters and start running free, how much do you want to bet that that elephant, something that he's always wanted to do since he was young, how much do you want to bet that he wouldn't run out of that parameter too if he saw the people around him being free regardless of what they did in their past, regardless of the patterns of their past. And so who you're around and what you're seeing is so important. And it's part of being able to put this into practice of walking in the spirit because if you see other people walking in the spirit, you're more likely to walk more in the spirit. But if you're around people who are bounded by their sin, who are living in the flesh, you are more likely going to be living that lifestyle. And you might be somebody, I don't know if this is you, but you might be saying, you know what, this sin isn't so bad. Like Christians I know or people I know that go to church, they still do this stuff. They still get drunk on the weekends. They still, you know, have sex before marriage. Like I still love God. It's not really that bad. I'm in a very committed relationship. Like I know we'll get married one day. I know God understands. I want to read this to you because I was there too. In Romans 6, 12, it says, Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its lusts. And do not go on presenting the members of your body to sin as instruments of unrighteousness. But present yourselves to God as those alive from the dead, as not your old self, but you have been reborn. And what is evidence of that? It is not living by the flesh, but living by the spirit. Okay, full circle. And your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not be master over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. So would it be safe to say, if God calls you to live a life free of sin, of putting to death your old self, and to renew yourself in things of the spirit, yet you can't let go of something, would it be safe to say that you may be a slave to that sin? Or you may say, but we're under grace. 
That's exactly what they were saying too in the next verse in Romans 6, 15. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under law, but under grace? And you may ask, well, if we're not under law, we live under grace now. And Paul knows exactly what we're thinking because he too is a human. And in Romans 6, 15 says, what then? Shall we sin because we are not under law, but under grace? May it never be. Do you not know that when you present yourselves to someone as slaves for obedience, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin resulting in death or of obedience resulting in righteousness? So that to me is saying that is not a one foot in, one foot out type of lifestyle. That is a either you are all in and you are choosing obedience that results in righteousness that results in a life led by the Spirit, that results in the fruits of the Spirit, that results in true freedom from your sin of your past life, or or are you choosing your fleshly desires and to live in sin resulting in death? Jesus dying on the cross did not give us an out to freely sin. God calls us to the first commandment, to love God with all of our heart, mind, and soul. So just a reflection moment, can you truly say that you love God with all your heart, mind, and soul if you are choosing to sin and you're choosing to live by your fleshly desires? And I say it every time whenever I'm presenting questions like this, it's not a condemnation type message. This is a self-reflection moment because if we cannot be real and honest with ourselves, we won't be real and honest with God and we won't invite change into our life. We will continue to live on the same path. And so if it's a sin that you struggle with, God doesn't want to condemn you. Jesus didn't come to judge the world, but to save the world and to set you free from your sin. So entering into this transformation looks like like a surrender. It looks like if this is where you're at right now, God, I really enjoy doing this sin. I really enjoy getting drunk. I really enjoy drinking with my friends. I really enjoy, you know, having sex with my boyfriend, having sex with my girlfriend, but I know that's not your will for me. Help me. Like I want you to come into this these these parts of my life and help me walk out of this. Like change my desire. Show me, Lord, what am I missing? Renew my heart and align my heart with things that you want for me. And I just want to remind you that this lifestyle and living by the Spirit, it's not always a feeling. Rarely, it's a feeling. It's a choice. It's making a decision. And I know you may have really felt a very spiritual experience and really feeling the Holy Spirit and being overcome with just weeping and gratitude and being in this state. And sometimes it's hard whenever you aren't experiencing emotion in that way. And it makes you feel like God doesn't hear you or something's wrong with you or something's wrong with your relationship with God. And, you know, you are having to act out things in like a real life situation and to practice these fruits of the spirit you'll literally feel your flesh telling you to do one thing but you have to be the one to command your flesh to say no and to lean more into the spirit in that moment to surrender whatever is going on and to go back to what the word says and that is why renewing your mind and your heart with the word of god is so important because the more that you spend time in god's word the more that you can become more like him and that you're feeding the spirit and not feeding your flesh with fleshly desires so if you're constantly consuming things in this world entertainment social media movies tv all these things 
things that are not filling you with truth and equipping you to go into battle in these moments where you have to choose either to lean into your flesh or to make a decision to be led by the spirit. Like that is why it's so important to be in the word and to renew your mind because this renewal of your mind, this is how it works, okay? This transformation that we're all seeking, it is by the renewing of your mind. And that is why God tells us to protect our ear gates and our eye gates because those are direct entryways into our heart. And so this transformation starts by the renewing of your mind and getting scripture in your mind and into your heart because that will lead you into a deeper love for God and a desire to be more like him. So if you're not there yet, if you start with just reading the word, you will fall more in love with God and your desires will change and you will want to please him more. It will be more of a priority than saying yes to going out with your friends or saying yes to doing this thing over here that you that may not even be a sin, but you know God wouldn't want you there. And it will equip you and give you strength to say no to things that are not in God's will for you and that God doesn't want for you because your priority has become what he wants for you and obedience to him. And all of this leads to that obedience. That desire leads to the obedience. And that is active faith. When you are putting into practice what you know and what you believe is that obedience to God and to what he says to do. I really hope that this was a self-reflective episode of, okay, how am I actually living? Is that in accordance to my flesh or is it accordance to living in the spirit? And knowing that living in the spirit is a choice. It's a choice to number one, surrender. And to number two, feed and renew your mind with the word of God. And three, to make those decisions in those tension moments of obeying God or to not obey God. Because there's really only those two options. You're either obeying God or you're either disobeying God. And then asking yourself, I feel like it starts with this question. So maybe take time to journal with this, but what are you immersing yourself in? What is going into your heart? What is going into your ear gates and your eye gates? What are you meditating on daily? What are you making a priority in your life? And it's okay to recognize, wow, I've put my career as an idol or I do have jealousy or I am envious or whatever it is, we probably have all have something going on (laughs) that is coming to light for us. That is why it's a daily battle because we'll never fully arrive. And so I also want you to know that and to like be relieved in knowing that because we will forever on this earth be battling with our flesh. But the battle becomes easier when you do meditate on truth and when you feed your spirit, not your flesh. So thank you so much for listening. I truly just love you and I wish I could squeeze you in person and just encourage you. And uh, I actually have a very special announcement. So I'm finally opening up my coaching services to the public. I'm so excited about it. It's something I'm so passionate about. I've been doing it privately, but now I feel ready to open it up to the public and I haven't shared it like with anybody. So you guys are the first ones to hear it on this episode. So I'm currently offering one-on-one coaching, different packages, that are customized to each client's unique needs and goals with a focus on creating movement and momentum in your life. I help my clients gain confidence, clarity, and direction on who they are, who God has created them to be, what their calling and their purposes, and how to actually take action on the things that we discover together to ultimately create and live a more fulfilling and purposeful life. So if you're a woman in your 20s or your 30s and you're feeling stuck or uncertain, 
about your path in life or what you're doing. I can help you uncover your true identity, who Christ has said that you are, and really uncovering your core values because I believe that once we're able to dive into who God has created you to be, the path and the direction and the decisions that you need to make in any area of your life becomes easier because you have clarity on who you are. And so I help you take steps that align with who you are and who God's created you to be. So if that sounds like something you're interested in, I'm currently for a special offering 10 clients, a free clarity call with me, 15 to 20 minutes to hear more about your goals, to hear where you currently are and to see if it could be a good match for me as your coach and you as my client. I left a Google form in the description of this episode. Maybe even if you know somebody that could benefit from that and it sounds like them, you can share that with them because I know there's so many women that are just in this place of being stuck and needing somebody to partner with them to create and to take steps on the life that God has for them. So if that's you, go ahead and fill out that Google form below and I'm looking forward to meeting you. And once again, thank you so much for listening and hanging out with me and go out there and have the best week because you can. All right, let's bring it in, giving you a virtual hug because you just finished another episode of Blackouts to Breakthroughs podcast. And you know what? You just deserve it. The reviews and subscriptions mean a lot to me. So if you love today's episode, make sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on any other episodes. Also, I'd love to hear your takeaways. So feel free to screenshot this episode, put it in your stories and tag me at Blackouts to Breakthroughs on Instagram with your biggest takeaways so I can connect with you and reshare your post. I can't wait to hear from you. Until next time, friend.